Good evening, guys. We are Dog Sports Live coming to you late night. So imagine most of you guys are going to be watching this on replay, but for those of uh, watching the end of the NFL game and or watching Dog Sports Live, welcome. Uh, we've got the USC show. We uh, had to compound everything into one week because, uh, by the way, we don't get paid to do this. So we're ha been managing our real, our real job. <laughs> but, but, but here we are. We have. We have some advertisers, you know, but yeah, we um, had we had shit to do, you know. We got we got jobs and shit. Yeah, but we're still working hard, and we still got plays, we still got picks, we still got stats. Graham, speaking of getting paid a little bit, we've got a new friend and a sponsor. You want to talk about Odds Jam? I do. Yeah. So uh, Odds Jam has come on board and uh, has partnered with us here on the show, and. In Odds Jam, we have a partner that probably brings more value to betters, college football betters, but also betters of all kind uh, than anyone on the internet, straight up. I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. These guys have compiled spread data from every sports book imaginable. So, if you want to go and bet the Georgia versus South Carolina over under, you can go and find out where the value is. You can see what the uh, what the juice is on alternate lines. You can you can shop your your lines around. So I would really encourage you guys to check them out, um, even if you're just a casual better. If you're going to go and bet, uh, say you know South Carolina on the money line against Georgia. You should go and do that at the book that's going to give you the most value for your bet. And Odd Jam will let you know who that is. I mean, and one of the reasons I got into numbers is partly because of I'm not much of a sports gambler, but I love the numbers. And he's got lots of tools. And those tools can tell you uh, not only how to bet, but also just give you an idea of just more what, what the numbers are telling us. And uh, it's, it's a great site. And that guy is uh, giving you tons and tons of information. And also lots of tools, and you're going to learn a lot. So check out Odds Jam. Uh, we're going to we're going to get into some picks later on. You can see uh, Odds Jam's little logo there, and, and his information. Oddsjam.com is where you want to go. So with that, uh, I'm going to jump into a little bit of stats real fast. Um, we've got two games, which is not a ton of of data as we small sample sizes we like to say, but uh, we've got. Let me see here. See if I can do this. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, so in the South Carolina-Georgia matchup, we've got um, Georgia's offense is, um, get, is producing 6.7 yards per play, and, and Carolina's defense is allowing just 3.5, which is pretty good. Um, and then on the uh, South Carolina's 5.6 yards per play on their offense, and Georgia's allowing a stout 3.1. I mean, these are pretty even numbers, a 43% success rate on, on the offense for South Carolina, and, and actually Georgia's a little under that. And both defenses are allowing low 30s in success rate. So uh, clearly, the hey, you know yards per play. Yeah, go ahead, jump in. Uh, I don't have yeah. those numbers in front of me. Yeah, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I just have the SB Nation Dog Sports logo on the screen. Just hold on two seconds. Watch this, dude. There we go. All right, perfect. Got him there we go. Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay. there we go. Awesome. Um, yep, sorry about, we're good. Sorry about that, Graham. Yeah, we're good. so and then the biggest number there is you can see that talent composite index, uh, which is you know Georgia is the number two uh, in this category. So that's that's a really good. That's a, Georgia's loaded, and we've we've seen that 
uh, even with a depleted offense on the second teamers are ready to play. So um, I actually, let me, and, but if we go into the national levels here, we can see that that's not what I wanted to show you. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, some of the offensives uh, offenses in the college football are putting up huge numbers right now against small sample sizes and also not a just at a for opponent. Auburn is, is you know, playing two SCS schools and is producing 9.8. Um, you can see Boston College, some surprising numbers in here. Michigan State is one of these guys we're going to talk about later in the picks. Um, and then Florida is still producing yeah. a high high yards per play and a high success rate. Um, again, not playing really stout opponents there. Uh, before we get into the USC game, let me show you the defense because this is where – here we go. There's Georgia leading the nation at – look at that negative .295 EPA. So every play, every time that Georgia is on the – yeah, every time Georgia is – playing a defensive snap they're actually making points for the for the dogs yeah uh, they're creating expected points yep exactly and i mean in oklahoma's there they down there at the bottom you know uh that's a team we got you know that's not going to sneak up on anybody uh but their defense is a lot better this year uh and then clemson our, our week one opponents right there as well I did something, you know, I'm kind of rushing through these a little bit, but I took that talent composite index and also the talent composite index for the opponents that we faced. And uh, here's their, here's the raw power uh, five net yards per play. You can see Auburn and Kentucky again is, this is not the same offense that we've seen out of the Kentucky in the last few years, but um, uh, you can see Georgia actually makes it into the top 10. But if we look at the, um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, here we go. This is my sort of, stab at doing what they call modeling or whatever um, on the right side you can see the raw net yards per play rank where these teams were nationally on their own and then i adjusted for their the team's talent and also the team's talent that they faced in two games you can see georgia's having clemson right there in that unit and that alabama birmingham, birmingham team which is uh not quite power five level but certainly ahead of a few power five teams so that puts them in a, an adjusted net yards 2.8, which is the number we're looking for, man. That number of 2.8, if we can uh, get there, that's an elite level team there. So, and you can see some of the Kentucky again, and Florida's right there. And Michigan State, again, is having a great start to their season. Ohio State and Texas Tech is is surprising. <laughs> uh, he keeps showing up in all this. That surprising team. to see UNC in there as well. Yeah, I mean, UNC played, they've got a, I think this is largely because they've, face Virginia Tech and they had stats. I think that is what that's telling us. You know, a lot of these teams. Gotcha. Um, so they're going to get a little, and and they did have, a, you know, a good offensive week this next week against, uh, it was not a non-power five team. So again, this is, this is early, early numbers. So don't judge anything by them yet, but this is something I'm going to kind of massage and check it out. But all that to say is by, if we start to, to put in some ad opponent adjustments, you can see um, that, you know, Auburn falls off of this list and they may be a great team. They may be a complete team, but um, for now, you know, if we, we take out who they played, you can see that Georgia and some of these, and again, these are teams that you can tell have played power five teams already. So uh, with that, Graham, what are your initial thoughts on South Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. So I think initial thoughts on South Carolina is you have a team that is at a massive talent disadvantage coming into this game um like georgia's defense is making a case to disprove the narrative that quarterback is by far the most important position in college football with what they're doing as a collective group but quarterback is by far the most 
like important position in college football. And South Carolina is starting a grad transfer in Zeb Noland, who, you know, couldn't start at FCS or Dakota State. So they're limited in what they can do offensively. There are some nice pieces at the skill positions, but in terms of depth and in terms of what they can do on the line of scrimmage, they're just totally overmatched by a team like Georgia. Uh, they've played a couple good defensive games. I think that was my first stat. If we look at the SEC, they're actually never, they're just behind Georgia um, in some of this, in the metrics, and, and uh, they've played the run really well. And they've got a pick six, which is you know obviously when you put defensive points on the board, that's a, a and especially in a small sample size, that's going to kind of jack up those numbers. So uh, let's look at that run D if we can here while we do this. Let's do this. Oops. Um, so, and we're, we've got some PFF grades here and you've got some defenders that sort of jumped out at you and our Jordan Birch, which was a target of, uh, for Georgia. Yeah. And he committed, he stayed at home and played uh, and, and it's going to play at South Carolina and he's off to a good start in his, in his career. Yeah, I would say the two best players on the team as a whole are on the defensive line. Uh, you got Jordan Birch, number three, and Kingsley Enigbare, number one. Um, both of those guys are, are edge defenders. Birch is a little bit more capable of of maybe kind of coming inside on some stunts and stuff like that. Enigbare is here at the bottom of your screen on the line. Uh, those guys have the ability to disrupt what Georgia wants to do. Uh, much like, uh, gosh, what was the guy's name that we we kept running? Uh, uh, oh yeah, zone draws into a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, oh gosh, he was the oh. pick of the 49ers, But oh, this is gonna bother me, man. Um, anyways, yeah, if, if <laughs> my phone's not even with me, I can't even look it up. If Georgia, yeah, the shade zero, uh, Javon Kinlaw, that's who it was. Dang. So they. Have you know a couple game wreckers in Birch and Enigbare that have been flashing and showing a lot of really strong potential uh, against some of these G five O lines. The good news for Georgia, uh, I know there's been a lot of angst around Georgia's offensive line so far. Both those guys, in my opinion, are better in the pass rush than they are uh, defending the run and. The reality is that Georgia's offensive line has been better protecting the passer than they have been getting a push in the running game. So I think that that kind of favors Georgia a little bit just in terms of what they do well, Georgia matches up with well. Um, looking back at some of the tape for UGA's offensive line here recently, the weaknesses tend to be at guard. Uh, Sawyer and McClendon have done a good job and Cedric Van Pran's done a good job at center. So if you're going to play a game record on the D line and you're Georgia, you would rather see those guys on the edge than at D tackle. And, you know, Birch and Enigbare are both going to be on the edge Saturday. So I think they'll cause some problems occasionally, but I just don't know if they can make it four quarters without being gassed. Like South Carolina needs those guys to make a ton of havoc plays to have a chance in this game. And I just think that Georgia is going to wear those guys down over the course of, of three or four quarters. I could see them having some impact early on, but in the second half, I don't know how they hold up. 
Well, they had a good second half. They were down early. The big play on the first uh, play from scrimmage for East Carolina was a big touchdown. Um, but their defense won that game for them, kept them in it, they, and got just enough points. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I think Georgia is going to be leaning on that that defensive front, and and I think it's going to be an overmatched situation, like you say, in that second half. I, I think that I, I'm curious when we get to the picks on what we think points wise. Uh, but I don't know if they. I don't think we know who the quarterback's going to be on on Saturday either, which is going to be a factor in that line at least. Um, but uh, let's look at what do you want to look at. You want to look at the uh, some of that pass defense too while we're at it because uh, they did get after us a little bit. Yeah, let's look at their pass defense. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's throw that up there. So Cam Smith, number nine, their defensive back. Uh, he's a stud. He's a very, very good player. Here's a big um, play for the first Don't line. know. Yeah, well, and so what I was going to say is that Marcellus Dial, number 24, and Carlins Patel, number 21, both have struggled in coverage so far as, as far as defensive backs. Um, their safeties, as you can see there, can can be caught out of position. I mean, they, they just don't have great athletes on the back end like they did last year where, you know, they had uh, two guys that, that went on to, to be high-round draft picks in the NFL at corner last year. And so I I think that Cam Smith is, is a very good player, and he can kind of lock down one of George's receivers. Maybe he's matched up on Jermaine Burton. I don't want to say he's going to lock him down, but he's going to do a good job probably in this game. But – Dial, Patel, uh, those guys can be had. The other area that really stood out to me is just their linebackers. Uh, Sherrod Green has been awful in coverage. He's had 40 snaps in coverage so far in two games and has a coverage grade of 55.2. So I'm going to call now that Georgia will try to take advantage of him with Cook and McIntosh coming out of the backfield, maybe some some wheel route type stuff. And then I also think we'll – if they can get Bowers matched up on him man-to-man, it's probably six straight up. Yeah. Bowers is, is showing incredible speed. And, I think, and, you know, two games as a true freshman has been the talk of the, the Georgia offense. Yeah. Um, um, I, mean, I mean, you know, I think kind of going on to – South Carolina's offense a little bit. Like, they roll Noland in the pocket a lot and kind of try to try to take half the field away from him. And I'm trying a couple – Just give him a, better angles. I'm trying a couple plays because Ke, uh, um, Kevin uh, – shoot, why can't I remember his name? It's not Smith, but um, Kevin Harris, rather, um, is poised to come back. He got a couple snaps in the East Carolina game, to, but he – is one of the most explosive backs and one of the most productive backs in the SEC. So it'll be interesting to see how many snaps he gets. But these guys uh, have – they've got some running backs that play pretty well. Again, I just think that Georgia's too stout against the run. Um, and it's, it's kind of, in yeah. some ways, a, lo- a little disappointing not to see Kevin Harris go against it. But, uh, uh, you know, hey, you know, you play the team on the field, let's get a win. Well, and I mean, what I'll say is, uh, you know, they got Marshawn Lloyd, who's done a nice job filling in for for Harris, and uh, like they 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 do have some nice pieces at running back. Juju McDowell, I think, had about seventy five yards last week against ECU, but dude, their 
offensive line is just not good. Um, I mean, like, they're just very, very average to below average. And looking at, you know, Dylan Wonham, their big tackle, uh, he, he does an okay job in run block, but he's very poor in pass blocking. Uh, you, you look at the the other tackle, Turnantine. Right now he's got a pass block grade of 19.2 on PF, PFF. Um, and he's played, you know, 111 offensive snaps for them. Like he's a starter at tackle. And so you see on some of these clips, like – ECU's edge guys are are blowing them off the line. So I just I think that they're really gonna struggle to do much in the passing game. Here you see Nolan rolling. We were kind of talking about that earlier. They try to find find some better angles for him to throw and shorten the field a little bit. And I don't that's think he has a strong throw. arm. I think that's kind of the Yeah, that's kind of the best way. If he does that against Georgia, it's probably a pick, but that that's the best way for them to get the ball outside the hashes with his arm strength is just to, to roll him like that. But I think he's going to be under fire all day. I do think that their best chance is to try and run the ball a lot. Uh, and then, you know, ironically enough, Nolan's best kind of moments passing so far have been deep passes. Like he's, he was three for four on passes over 20 yards past the line of scrimmage last week. So I think Georgia has to be careful to not get caught too into the rhythm of them sort of pounding the rock up the middle over and over and over. But like Georgia is going to have him under pressure all day. And he, you know, his, his pass grade goes way down under pressure. Even when he's blitzed and he's not pressured, his pass grade drops to a 57.6. Like he seems to panic and struggle kind of reading, reading the blitz and, getting the ball out to the appropriate guy. So I just think it's going to be a really long day for South Carolina's offense, man. I mean, the, the Vegas over under team total for South Carolina is seven and a half points on Saturday. Yeah, it, I, I can see, a, a, you know, a shutout. I mean, again, we talked about it, you know, that the, the three games in September after Clemson were the hardest one was going to be UAB. Um, and I, you know, I start watching yeah. the tape and, 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 and he's, they've got the SEC logo patch on their, on the uniform, but uh, you know, I, they're, they're an incomplete team with under a first year head coach. That's got a little bit of rebuilding and their best players, not a hundred percent. So it's not a good, that was one of his 20 yard plays, by the way, it's almost like an interception to the same team. Uh, it's not exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was actually watching this live. I was Somebody like, ran the wrong route there. I think. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, receiving wise, uh, number five and number six, both right there. Or no, that's zero. But number six is a guy, Josh Van. Number five is to carry on Joyner. Georgia fans, you've probably heard that name before. And uh, he's been around for a while. That's Van right there, who, oh, fumbled. God, did he fumble that? Through yeah, he, he fumbled uh, in the end zone. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, watching this tape is just like a comedy of errors. Like, a little bit it's like watching the little giants or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've heard people be like, Oh, well, the last time South Carolina came into Athens, that's, they had a third string quarterback and they won that game. And that's, a narrative. You know, that's very true. That is a narrative. That defense was also pretty salty and had NFL guys all over the field at all three levels. 
And the other thing that I would say most importantly is that James Coley is not the offensive coordinator anymore for Georgia. And, you know, they've, they've shown that if you want to load up the box on them, they're going to stretch the field. So I think that this could be like a, a four turnover kind of day for Georgia on Saturday. Yeah. Watch it. Like, I, I think these that this plays, could be I can ugly. see that for sure. Yeah. Especially if Georgia gets up 14, nothing early and South Carolina has to like press, which I expect they will at some point, they're going to have to, to throw the ball and try and play catch up. And it's just like, this dude is going to, he's, he's never seen anything like, the speed in Georgia's linebacking core and secondary that he's going to see on Saturday and guys like Lewis Seen and Christopher Smith and Kendrick and, and Ringo and speed, like those little passes that he's throwing to the sideline there. That's a touchdown the other way real quick. Yeah. I, I mean, it's going to be the story of the early season is definitely how good Georgia's defense is. And I'm, it's it's a kind of exciting to break the mold a little bit of, and you and I have both talked about having an elite offense and explosive offense and stuff, but it's awesome to watch Kirby's and Dan Lanning's defense, man. It really, really is. Yeah. They're freakishly good. It's, I mean, you're right. It's a ton of fun. And I think, you know, it, we've, been so I think exposed to offense over the last few years of college football and just it seems like every time there's been a big game on TV the last few years it's a shootout or a blowout but watching what George is doing on offense right now is it's really beautiful and it's I mean it's they're just you know Richard Johnson on split zone duo like he he often says at the end of the day the game is about blocking and tackling and you know, Georgia's defense, you cannot block them, and they tackle really well. And I'm like, I mean, that's really as simple as you can be about it. It's just like what they're doing and how well organized they are and just everyone is doing their job at an elite level and the way that all of that kind of stews together and comes out is incredible to see so far. All right, I've got my little graphic up here. It's got the, uh, the line when I pasted this in here it was at 30 and a half. Um, and the over under is 48. Uh -huh. So, do you want to start off our yeah. picks? And are you, are you betting this game? I am betting this game. Uh, I, I have this on my sheet. It, you know, I've got Georgia minus 30 and a half. Uh, I bet it at 30 and a half, and I feel very good about it. Uh, I just – I don't know how South Carolina scores, you know, more than – I think even – I think if they have a very good day, like a really, really good day on offense, they may score 14 points in this game. And yeah, I think that Georgia will score a lot more. I think that we could – like I think there's a very good chance we'll see another defensive touchdown this week for the third week in a row from Georgia's defense. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Georgia 45, South Carolina six. Nice. Yeah, 39 points. Yeah. What do you think, man? Where's your head at? Um, I I think that Georgia. I might take Carolina in the points. I just think that Georgia may 
get up early and start rotating some quarterbacks in, you know, and if Georgia's defense shuts out, uh, you know, like it could possibly do. Um, I, th- I think I might can see a 28 to seven kind of game um, or 31 seven. So I'm leaning towards Carolina and the points, uh, but I still think it's going to be wow. decide decisive decisive win but um right now if i had to put money on it i would take carolina the points but if this was a Derek masonville team i would agree with you um dude arch manning is going to be in the stands on saturday so (laughs) i fully expect them to be airing that thing out all day you know i whoever's under center and i do expect them to rotate quarterbacks like you're saying but I think even if we see Vandegrift come in, like play action, bomb, show off the arm strength, show off the receiving talent, show off the offensive scheme. Like I I think that the other kind of hidden storyline here is this is the first time Kirby Smart, to my knowledge, well, other than Sam Pittman last year, but Pittman had done a lot of other stuff. But like, you know, Beamer is a former Kirby Smart assistant and he's come into Georgia's division. And he's recruiting very aggressively, and he's going after a lot of the same guys. And I think that Kirby's going to probably try to kind of put them in their place. And the last time they were in Athens, they won. And that's that's the See, game that the Kirby Smart haters point to I, all the time. I love that take because I can look at numbers and you hear about it all the time, but there's always you always have to have that subjective uh, analysis to it, you know whether it's on the field between the lines, subjective analysis, or just like that, you know, you're talking about recruiting, you're talking about Arch Manning. I absolutely love that, Graham. Good call. So that was our very first odds jam, uh, Graham Coffee pick. So there <laughs> Let's it is. go, dogs odds jam. The dog's minus 30. Okay, what's your next game? Minus 30.5. Okay, so, uh, well, I had Ohio plus 20 tonight versus Louisiana Lafayette, which was a, a pretty popular pick for a lot of people and that was a flub uh a couple couple fourth downs on the goal line didn't really go our way tonight and uh it's early in the week we're gonna we're gonna brush that one off and, and bounce back strong tomorrow with ucf minus seven on the road at the louisville cardinal i don't think louisville is very good they weren't good last year despite all the returning production uh they haven't been good so far this year, Ole Miss, you know, really shut them down on on defense, which I, I still don't – I'm not a believer in Ole Miss's defense yet, which means I'm a big skeptic of Louisville's offense. I think that, you know, UCF's already played Boise and, and had a good win there and has some momentum. So I like them going into Papa John Stadium and, and walking away with, with more than a touchdown win. Uh, I've got Virginia Tech – plus three on the road at West Virginia. All right. That just You gave that one to um, me faster. Uh, hang on a second. I was trying to do this live. But keep talking about Virginia Tech for a second for me, please. Uh, no problem. Yeah, so, I mean, Tech. with Virginia Tech, I just, I just think that we have a team that is kind of sneaky good on offense. They, they moved the ball up and down the field a lot on uh, North Carolina opening mm-hmm. opening Friday night of the season. 
And I, I think, you know, they didn't always cash that in for points. There was a, a couple drives that, you know, they didn't really turn into points and they only put up 17 in that game. But I think that they probably just yards and output wise, that was closer to like a, a 25 to 30 point output. Um, I think Burmeister is good. I don't think he's spectacular, but I think he takes care of the ball pretty well. And that's important against that West Virginia secondary because they are well coached. But I, I, I think Virginia Tech just has more game breakers on offense. I like uh, Raheem Blackshear in the receiving game. And I think they kind of have that, uh, you know, Blackshear is also solid as a running back as well. So I just don't think West Virginia can score that many points. I've seen Virginia Tech hold Sam Howell to, to 10. And, you know, that UNC team, I think, was overrated coming into the season, but I still don't think they're they're a bad football team by any measure, and I still think that Howell's a good quarterback, and Virginia Tech exposed that offensive line. So I think it's going to be a, a defensive struggle, but uh, I like the Hokies. This was interesting. We, three points. We had Brody on Twitter kind of comment that he was surprised that uh, West Virginia was – uh the, the actually given points on this con considering that big win week one but this is a good test for my net adjusted yards per play you can see that my net adjusted for opponent that virginia tech is actually 0.6 and west virginia is 0.2 so it's a um you know i i, I like the you have virginia tech plus the points right plus three points yeah yeah plus so three. I, i'm so, getting a field goal uh, i like it i like it and that's and that's on the road, so that's a neutral site nice. game. Uh, it's a pick them at a neutral, but uh, I like to pick a lot. See if we can do this again. What's your next pick? Uh, I've got Fresno State plus eleven and a half at UCLA. Uh, ooh, going against the uh, definitely against the early narrative there with UCLA being the darlings of of the early season out west. Well, yes and no. I mean, Oregon. We just watched them play a really a really good game and beat uh ohio state in columbus without arguably their two best players probably their two best defensive players but fresno state you know went on the road to eugene and lost by a touchdown the, the week before oregon went over into the horseshoe and beat the buckeyes so i think fresno state might be the, the best team in the group of five uh i, I think that they you know, put put them in Cincinnati on a field, and that'd be a game that I would love to watch any day of the week. But Jake Hayner is good. Their quarterback is damn good. I mean, he was 30 for 43 for 298 yards and a touchdown on Oregon's defense when, when they went on the road up there. Their running game is serviceable enough, and, I mean, he spreads the ball around really well. I, I just – I think that Fresno State can score – with just about anybody i'll put it this way man and this is gonna piss some people off but like i think fresno state's offense is much more capable of going into uh ucla's backyard and and scoring kind of possession for possession with them than than lsu's was equipped to do yeah fresno state had a i mean it, they fresno state's getting a good defense last thing i'll say on hayner i'm sorry good no, you go. Go. I mean, just the last thing I'll say on Hayner is like uh, 
early season kind of dark, like he's not going to win the Heisman playing at Fresno state, but you want to talk about a guy that will probably be in a spot where he may have some, you know, ninth place kind of Heisman votes, like one of those guys, he's that, I mean, he went 17 for 22 for 380 yards and four touchdowns against Cal Poly last week. They put up 63 points. Uh, You know, I mean, he's, he's got, I mean, like just his ability to spread the ball around one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, he's hitting 10 different receivers in a game. Like that, that offense is hard to defend. I think they're legit. And I also just think that UCLA has struggled in the non-conference under Chip Kelly. I know that we've kind of reversed that narrative after the LSU win, but I think this is a letdown spot for them. I, I'm not going to bet Fresno on the money line, but I wouldn't be shocked to see this game, you know, fourth quarter, three points back and forth. I, I think that, Fresno is going to like, they already had that game against Oregon where they know they measure up. And so they're going to come into UCLA expecting to win. I like it. Uh, you want to go to the Michigan state Miami game? Sure. Look at that. See, I already got your pick up there. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So yeah, I like Michigan state. Uh, I really liked that. I was able to, to grab them at a uh, plus six and a half before the uh, the the line there moved a little bit. Uh, I also bet the over of fifty six in this game, just so everyone knows. But I, I think that you know Michigan State is moving the football. Um, when I shared these picks earlier in the week, I you know Jason Smith jumped in and was like, "You're betting on an over in a, a Michigan State game," and it's like, you know, Mel Tucker's Michigan State. Uh, so far, the season does not look like Mark D'Antonio's Michigan State. And I was impressed with what they did on offense against Northwestern opening week into the season. Uh, you know, Northwestern's defense is not filled with five-star guys, but they're usually pretty salty. And I think that this Miami team, probably a little bit beat up, both from Alabama and Appalachian State. That was a tough game they played last week. I I like, you know. I like Michigan State in this spot, but I'm curious, uh, does the do the numbers like Michigan State in this spot? They're, absolutely, they do. I mean, Michigan State's running around with a 58% success rate on offense and a .522 EPA. That's a number that if they were to hold on to all year would put them in the playoff, honestly. Um, and that Michigan State yeah. net adjusted, my little net adjustment uh, has got them at .6 yards per play and – Miami is only 0.2, so that number right there, I love that net yards per play. I'm gonna a lot of times I, I'm gonna take that that whoever's getting more net yards per play and, and take them. So I definitely my numbers sort of point to that. I mean, you can see that uh, Miami is very mediocre to poor on offense and very mediocre on defense, and like Michigan State is playing really well on both sides of the ball. Absolutely love this this pick a lot. Getting points is is I mean nice. I can see, I can see Michigan State getting another win out of this, but um, I like it a lot. You got another pick for us? Yeah. Do you have anything else on yours? Um, on your side with the the numbers that you want to put up? Um, I mean, I can put them. I can put all of these up. So I'm, I can 
Uh, I've got all these. All right. Games. Well, I'll just. I mean, up. you know, I've got. I've got Northern Illinois going in to the big house, getting twenty-seven on the road against the Maize and Blue, and uh, I like it. I like them in that spot. I think Michigan's defense looked really good last week against Washington. I think Washington is bad. Uh, we saw Northern Illinois beat Georgia Tech by one, which is not really a big achievement because Georgia Tech's pretty god awful. But uh, they played a shootout last week with Wyoming, put up 43 on Wyoming. And Craig Bull's team out there in Laramie normally has a pretty salty defense. So going out there and, and you know, or I guess they, they played at home, Northern Illinois did. But I still think putting up 43 on a Wyoming team is impressive. I think that they're not going to have much defensively for Michigan but I still don't think Michigan's offense is is very good. Uh, I think they're starting to click, but I don't think they're they're really humming on all cylinders yet. So I just think 27 is a lot in this game, and it may be a, a late backdoor cover. But I like the I like the number. I like Northern Illinois. Take the plunge. Go for it. I like it. Well, we've got the numbers on there. I mean, again, this is kind of tough, but I mean, Northern Illinois is 40. Uh, oof, it's a pretty bad defense. <laughs> but uh, it's anyway, a bad defense. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a bad defense, but uh, backdoor cover, maybe. I don't know. But 27 is a lot for a Michigan team. That's for sure. I just don't think Michigan's offense is that good. Um, you know, I, yeah. maybe I'll be wrong, but I just don't. I yeah. don't trust until I see good quarterback play at Michigan. I'm, I'm not assuming there is good quarterback play at Michigan. All right, do you, we're at uh 38 minutes. If you got any more picks, Will uh, and obviously Grant's been tweeting his picks all week long. So, and we're gonna track. I'll those. fire the rest um, of these off real quick. Um, so. I'll just shout these out, and then there's there's one more game we can look at before we wrap up. So I got the Colorado Minnesota under. All right, I want to talk. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about Colorado Minnesota. All right, can we do? Can you give me just a minute? I am so. I I am fired up. I am cheering for the Buffaloes at a heartbreaker against Texas A&M. They're my they're they're my darlings of the West, and I am sick of hearing about Minnesota. They they have the have all this coverage, and everybody feels good about them, and I want. I really think that Minnesota is a f- bunch of frauds, and I am ready wow. for that to come cr- come crumbling down, dude. Absolutely wanted to come. Go You're Buffalo! Not rowing the boat, huh? Okay. I am not rowing. I thought the you boat. had like some number you were going to drop on me, no, but your no, position is, is just like is just I hate straight, Minnesota. I hate Minnesota. Absolutely. Well, look, if it's any type of omen for you, you know, when I was driving back across the state of Colorado today. Uh, I, I'm rolling across these high plains at like 9,000 feet elevation. The wind's whipping the car around, and I look out, and there's mountains in the distance, and a big herd of buffaloes out on the field. So perhaps an omen for the buffaloes of Colorado. Perhaps not. Maybe those were someone's ranch buffaloes, and they're going to be turned <laughs> into burgers. Maybe Colorado <laughs> is too, but who knows? We'll see. I don't really care who wins as long as uh, it stays stays under that 51-point total. So, I, 
I also jumped on Utah State Air Force over 49. Uh, kind of an obscure pick, I know. But hear me out here a little bit. Let me pull up my uh, – here we go. Okay. Yeah, so Utah State beat Washington State first weekend of the season and then put up 48 on North Dakota. Um, Air Force is a service academy. Service academies are known for going under. But, you know, they've, they put up 23 on Navy last week, and their pace of play wasn't that bad. So I think that this is a game that – you know, we'll get into the mid mid to high 20s or, or low 30s at least, and that puts me over. And I think it's going to be a pretty entertaining football game, truthfully. So I am feeling good about that one. Uh, ECU versus Marshall over 55. I think East Carolina's offense is better than it showed so far. You know, they've had to play a, a very good defense in Appalachian State, and they have – I play a very, uh, a very good, you know, defense in South Carolina. I think there's more explosiveness there. And I think that – sorry, let me pull up my Marshall info real quick. Uh, yeah, so – oh, yeah, they put up 49 on Navy week one. That's right. And that's impressive – against Navy, a Navy program that's been very good and has been ranked in the top 25 quite a few times over the last half decade or so. So I think that there will be points scored, and I think that uh, there will be more than 55 of them. So the last game that we'll hit on is Alabama at Florida. And I've got Bama minus 15 and a half. Uh, I think the – the loss of Ventrell Miller at linebacker for Florida hurts quite a bit. Um, I I just – I like Alabama in these types of spots where there's some people kind of talking about they might be upset and sort of a little bit of trash talk coming from the Florida side. Like this just feels like one of those games that Alabama rolls in there and – Maybe Florida's up 14 to 10 at one point late in the first quarter, early in the second, and everyone's feeling like this thing's going to happen. And then all of a sudden we look up and Alabama's up 31 to 14 at halftime and they start running away with it. I, I just don't think that Florida has a passing game. No, and they do not. Anthony Richardson is an incredible athlete. I understand the excitement about that, but – you cannot beat a team like Alabama with the athletes they have on defense being one-dimensional in the quarterback run game. And we know this because we've seen Dan Mullen try to do that against Nick Saban and Kirby Smart defenses in the past. And the only time he's had success is when he had true pocket passers like Kyle Trask last year. He's kind of reverted back to the old dual threat style, lots of quarterback power type plays. Um, you know, I mean, Emory Jones, Mr. Checkdown, dude, like that's, that's the nickname that the Florida insiders gave him this off season. And so far it's, it's come to fruition. I mean, he had 4.1 yards per completion or per an attempt week one against a, a terrible team, Florida Atlantic, not terrible, but not a great team. So I just think that 
Florida's offense has had a lot of success on the ground against two really bad defenses. Alabama is going to make them throw successfully to win this game. I don't think Florida has game breakers on the outside at wide receiver that can beat Alabama. Uh, Stevie's in coverage, even in one-on-one man coverage. So I don't know how Florida, you know, really keeps this tight. I, I think the defense has to step up for Florida for them to to be competitive in this game. And if and they've played well so far, but that injury is pretty significant for Florida. This is an interesting test for my uh, adjusted little metric I've been working on because this does favor Florida in this game. Um, uh, just, but dude, trust me, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not betting this. I just mentioned it. I actually put it up there just to say, okay, all right. Well, here's my metric. I'm gonna put it out there. So, sure. uh, yeah, but, you know, if, if, you know, if Florida has anything, you know, close to a 40, 41% success rate against Alabama, they're going to be in that game. Um, and, you know, if Alabama's offense isn't quite dialed in and, you know, from the changeover from a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback um, in a hostile environment, I can see this, uh, this being close. But if uh, Alabama, you know, clicks on offense, like we know they can, um, yeah, I mean, Alabama's going to, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win big. Uh, but I, 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 think, yeah. I, think, I think if I put money on it, I think I'm taking the points. It's a lot of points on the road. Yeah, I think it will take a, a little bit, a quarter or so for, for Bryce Young to settle down and that Alabama offense to find a groove. But this game feels exactly like that Miami game did to me where, you know, it's like, oh, Miami's got this athletic quarterback and – Saban struggles with athletic quarterbacks historically going back. And then all of a sudden you see Jamison Williams and all these Alabama wide receivers just running through the secondary six yards clear of anybody on defense. And I think that's what we'll see on Saturday. I just, I don't think that Florida's back in can hold up. And I do think they'll get pressure at times. Like I I think that there's some good talent in that front seven especially on the defensive line, but I, you know, it's a big stretch for me to like Kyrie Elam's a very good player for them on the back end of that defense, but like Jadarius Perkins transfer playing a lot of minutes right now. Like there's a lot of these young corners and from what I've seen, they still are making a lot of the errors they did last year in the secondary under Grantham. So I just think it's, it's going to be a long day for Florida. All right. All right. It's one fifteen in the morning. Uh, you guys probably are watching this on Fridays, but good show. Welcome thank to Oz Jam. Welcome, Oz Jam. Thank you for sponsoring Dog Sports Slides. Yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, and check them out, Odd Sport, I mean, oddsjam.com. Um, and check us out on YouTube and Apple Podcast and Spotify and all those places. Leave us reviews. Uh, we've got stickers and ftmf hats on dogstats.com um and uh yeah we've we've got the the chris smith commemorative clemson win stickers are on the website and are available to ship um he is graham coffee is dog out west on twitter i am dog underscore stats on twitter we are writing for dogsports.com and we are excited to uh keep this thing rolling we've had a tremendous uh, uptick in activity um, and we really, really appreciate it because it's a lot of fun. Obviously, it's a lot of fun because we're out here at one o'clock in the morning doing this. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm done, Graham. Take us out of here.
Well, uh, Josh, thank you for, for putting together the show while I've been running around on the road this week. And, uh, yeah, I just want to echo what you said. Thank you guys for all the engagement, all the subscribing and following and commenting that you're doing on our content. Uh, it's a blast and we enjoy engaging with you, even if you hate our takes. So please keep it up. Uh, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the football and, uh, we'll be right here if you need to find us. And I'm assuming we'll be back Sunday night with a recap show or Saturday night. Saturday night. One of the two. We don't know. We don't have a schedule because we're filling this in where we can, but we, we're going to be here somewhere and uh, like and share and retweet us, man. All right. With that, go dogs. Go dogs.